0: Hello, hello, my beautiful friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. I am thrilled to welcome today's guest to the show. I first met Waylon Lucas as a fellow speaker at the Fancy Lady Cowgirl event in Texas. And when you meet this woman, you cannot help but fall in love with her energy, her spirit, and her take no shit kind of attitude. And yes, warning, if you didn't already notice the E, there are a few curse words, but honestly, from my experience of Waylon, this is actually a pretty pretty tame episode. So who is Waylon Lucas? She is a cookbook author of Sunny Side Up, more than 100 recipes from the essential egg the perfect pastry. She is the encouraging but honest judge on Food Network's hit show, Cake Wars, and former executive pastry chef of such notable restaurants as SLS Hotel in Beverly Hills, Four Starred Bazaar by Jose Andres, Joaquin's because I'm so sorry if that's not how you say it. Michelin starred patina and the penthouse restaurant at the Huntley Hotel. She co-founded Faux Bakery in Los Angeles, specializing in baked, not fried donuts with a modern twist, and is also a former cast member of the Bravo show Eat, Drink, Love and CNBC's restaurant startup. She recently gave up city life for Park City, Utah to start her own modern homestead with chickens, ducks, horses, goats, donkeys, and dogs with cows coming soon. Her love of country life and the outdoors has brought her back to the basics of food and life, where she now owns and operates a wholesale bakery, Butter and Barley. She strives to deepen her culinary lo- knowledge, expand her homestead to gardens, cheesemaking and raising her own food, as well as be a voice to bridge the gap between farmers, ranchers and the restaurant consumer world. Without further ado, let's dive on in and let you meet today's guest, Waylin Lucas. Hello there, beautiful friend. I'm your host, Kaya, a cattle rancher turned accidental life coach after embarking on my own health journey, losing over 100 pounds, but most importantly, rebuilding my relationship with myself. Now I am more on fire than ever to empower others to create a healthy life that they love from the inside out by sharing the tools, tips, and strategies that I've learned and continue to learn along the way mindset, health, body image, self-love, entrepreneurship, and more. We're here to chat about climbing the mountains of life all while finding joy in the journey. Welcome to the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Now, let's get climbing. Hello, Waylon. Welcome to the show. Hi there. Thanks so much for having me. I am so excited to have you today on the show, Waylon, because I, like most people, I assume, get to meet you or hear you talk in person, fell in love with you basically immediately, and I knew I needed to introduce you to the audience. But for those who might be listening thinking, I don't know who this Waylon Lucas woman even is, tell us a little bit of your origin story of sorts. Who is Waylon? Hmm, who is Waylon? <laughs> How long is this podcast? As long as you need it to be. <laughs> Let's see.
1: Um, I grew up in Colorado raised by a single mom. grew up riding horses and up in the mountains. And then I sort of left the country life and made a career change. I worked in fashion. I moved to Costa Rica for a few years. And then I finally found my passion job and my love as a chef. So that is what I have been doing for the past couple decades or so. And I have a cookbook and I was fortunate enough to be a judge on many Food Network shows. And yeah, that's now I live in Utah. I have a little ranchette, I (laughs) call it, with, you know, 35-something animals and my little son and I.
0: Whelan, I feel like, first of all, anybody that's listening to this, if you are on Instagram, you need to be following Whelan because I promise you her stories will leave you in stitches. Her ranchette is like quite the funny farm. I feel like I just go there to get my dose of joy and laughter for the day because there's always something funny or ridiculous, probably coming from you, probably annoying happening on on your little ranchette. I'm sure it keeps you very busy.
1: Oh, yes. Never a dull moment. There's always some sort of escaping animal and fence to fix and some sort of
0: drama or goats in the house or Lord only knows <laughs> I,
1: I have issues, but you know.
0: I love it. Okay. I want to go back a little bit, Waylon. You mentioned that you kind of grew up in the ag Western space and then your passions took you beyond that elsewhere to the Food Network show, to Costa Rica. You've had quite the life. And I'm curious, what is it that first led you away from ag and the Western lifestyle? Did you think you were ever going to come back to it like you have? What was the thing that kind of took you away from that in the first place? Gosh, that's such an interesting question. I kind of have no idea why
1: I left. I had no desire initially to leave. When I graduated high school from living in Colorado, my plan was to go to college in Montana, which I would have definitely been living and stayed in that same lifestyle. And for some reason, which I honestly, like, I have no idea why (laughs) um, I went here we go. I got it. I remember my life. I lived it. (laughs) Okay. So no, I changed my mind because I decided that I really wanted to be a large animal veterinarian. Okay. So staying, you know, horses, cattle, all that whole world. And so I wanted to go to San Luis Obispo and (gasps) yes, Cal Poly and their amazing programs up there. But of course I didn't apply So I was like, I'll go to the community college. And I took a look at the community college and I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. So I just started driving down the coast of California and was like, I'm just going to land where I land. And Santa Barbara seemed like a really awesome spot on the beach.
0: (laughs) So I I kind of, go ahead. I don't think that I knew that it started on the central coast. That's like basically in my backyard. I know. I didn't even I don't I don't know why I don't really talk about
1: that so much. I think I forget about it. But yeah, I wanted to be a lot of things when I grew up, but I think I still I still fantasize about what it would have been like to be a large animal vet mm-hmm. and live up there in the Central Coast and that area. I love that area.
0: I mean, I get it, obviously. I'm curious. So yeah. you you landed in Santa Barbara with the dream of being a large animal vet and then what happened? And then I just
1: kind of was lost.
0: Mm-hmm. I I wanted to do so
1: many things. I wanted to be an FBI agent. I almost joined the army. I wanted to be a writer. So I sort of did this community college tour of all of Southern California, just trying all these things that I thought piqued my interest until I experienced them and could wholeheartedly say, no, this is not for me. And so I was just sort of lost and not knowing what I wanted to do. So I sort of gave up on school and working part-time and started working full-time and accidentally landed in the fashion industry for a good five years, six years. And then I had enough with that. That world is not for me. <laughs> I I mean, I loved all the experiences and I love that I had that, but it was not how I wanted to spend my life. And so you know, I was like Southern California, like surfer girl. So I went on vacation to Costa Rica to go surfing with some girlfriends and I just never left. And I ended up staying for three years and I lived in the jungle and I had no running water half the time. I had no hot water. I had no phone, no TV, no car. Like it was like primal living and I've never been happier I bought a horse. I had horses back in my life. This crazy giant stallion that I studded out and I don't I don't even know what I was doing. But I was just living life, free and wild in the jungle. And that's
0: kind of where I stumbled upon my passion for cooking and food. You discovered your passion for food in the jungles of Costa Rica. I feel like <laughs> this just sounds like the most epic memoir. Your life oh. is so fascinating. I, What I love so much is that you gave yourself permission to try anything that piqued your interest. Looking back now, because I know you've had so many different experiences, would you do it the same all over again? Would you say, yeah, girl, go and try all the different things and discover what you love? Or would you have done it any differently? I would
1: 100% do it the same. And most parents with teenage kids don't let them around me. because. <laughs> <laughs> because here's why, because unless you're one of the human beings on this planet that knows exactly what they want to do and what sets your soul on fire, and you're going to go to school and study that and get a degree. I come from the school of thought, obviously, as I lived it, of like, try everything, live your life, you're young, like, figure out what you like and what you don't like and when you're young like you don't know I didn't know so I just tried it all and I and I used to have a lot of guilt and shame around that because I think there's so much cultural pressure to what do you want to do when you grow up what do you want to be you got to have it all figured out when you graduate high school and it's like really like we're idiots we're teenage idiots we don't have to have it all figured out so yeah, I just kind of went out there and did my best and tried all the things. And it's sort of how I still live my life as if it doesn't set my soul on fire, then it's not for me.
0: Mm. I love that way, Lynn. And I am I am right there with you in your school of thought. It's actually really funny. I was just in Kentucky this last week spending time with um my in-laws and we were at a restaurant one night and the chef... As, one, as a good friend of my, my husband's. And he had a girl working for him who was a journalism major, and she's getting ready to graduate. And he encouraged her to come down and sit with me, Brent, and our other friend who is a journalist and just ask her, us some questions. And she's about to graduate from Murray State University, a senior, and she was panicking because she had no idea what she wanted to do with her life. And what I thought was so interesting was going around the three of us giving her our words of wisdom and encouragement. And my husband, he is a practical guy. He's a realist. So he's very much, you know, he's going to be the dad who's going to say, you should study science or math or something of a trade and be practical and get a job that makes money. And I am totally a Waylon Lucas where I'm like, follow your dreams, chase your joy. If you don't enjoy it, scrap and start over again. So I was just telling this girl, like, you don't have to know. Like, That's the beauty of life is it's one big grand experiment, right? Yes. I love that. Yes.
1: And some people that's their path. Others, it's not. And I mean, one of my favorite sayings is you want to make God laugh, come up with a plan. Um, (laughs) I love that. Because yeah, sometimes, you know, we have all these plans and ideas for our life and they take different turns. Mm, That's
0: good. So you're, you're in the jungles of Costa Rica with your big stallion. Learning the trade of cooking. How do we go from the jungle of Costa Rica to being a judge on a food network show? Side note, Waylon, I dug deep into the trenches of TV to discover the episode of you, your first time you judged on the show. And my only feedback is man, that's not her. I didn't hear a single F word. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know. And I've already stopped myself from
0: cursing on this podcast and we've been talking for 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> if you need to, if you need to just get it out, just feel free to let your F bombs fly. <laughs> I can maintain and be
1: professional for
0: sh- short stints.
1: Um, <laughs> let's see. I was living in Costa Rica. I realized I like I that. I really loved it there. I wanted to spend time there and live there. And so I was going to open up a coffee shop and Naturally, if you open a coffee shop, you need some pastries and baked goods and so, I taught myself how to bake in the jungle, and it was so challenging baking in a hundred degree heat and a hundred percent humidity. but I just like this is so true for how I still live my life, and I just tested recipes and handed them out to all my friends and everyone in the neighborhood, and everyone called me like their sugar mommy. <laughs> because I would like give them all these desserts and treats. So that was the name of my first restaurant I opened in Costa Rica.
0: Sugar Mommy. And when
1: I moved, yeah, Sugar Mommy's. And even when I moved to Utah, I was writing my cookbook. And so I would go around to my neighbors and introduce myself and hand them all this food and recipe testing and sweets and stuff. And that's how I made my friends. And that's just kind of now how I live my life. I get people to like me by feeding them.
0: That's a great strategy. Now, I'm right? what I'm devastated about is that I haven't tasted anything you've cooked yet, but that's gonna happen soon. So I'm looking forward to that.
1: Very soon, yes.
0: If you haven't noticed by now, I love to talk. And more than anything, I really love to inspire and empower a crowd. Whether that's a crowd of one listening to the podcast or a crowd of hundreds, heck, even thousands, I love being able to empower a room. Now, if you are looking for an energetic and passionate keynote speaker or a professional hype girl MC who may or may not get the crowd dancing and up on their feet, well, friend, look no further. You're listening to me, Coach Kaya, your next keynote speaker, MC, workshop host, panelists, or heck, even podcast guest. I'd love to hear more about your company or organization's goals and how I can partner with you to help achieve them. Visit coachkaya.com forward slash speaking to fill out a form so we can chat more about how I can join you and help your event be a success. I'm here to bring the energy and the inspiration. Again, if you're interested, visit coachkaya.com forward slash speaking. I cannot wait to connect with you. So Sugar Mommy gets opened up in Costa Rica. What brings you back stateside? Or how does this lead to being a Food Network chef? Was there a TV person that was vacationing in the jungle and they discovered you? Like, how did this happen? How did this evolve? I wish there was a cool story like that.
1: (laughs) I kind of got like island fever, so to speak. Like living in the jungle, it was like one little dirt road and the same 10 people And I was like, yeah, I miss my family and friends. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, I got to get out. I just wanted, I wanted more. And so I sold my restaurant and moved back to California and decided that I really loved baking and pastry more Mm -hmm. than like savory cooking. So I did a one year associate of arts baking pastry program and I worked really hard And I got offered an amazing internship. And then I got offered a job for a famous chef. And I just dedicated the next decade of my life to my career. Mm. I worked really, really, really hard. I finally found something that I loved. And I just wanted to do it. And I wanted to learn and be the best that I could be. And so I just put my head down and worked. And... I don't think it's, I mean, obviously I'm talented and I'm good at what I do and I've put in the work and the hours and the practice and I've made the mistakes and I went to school. But I think what got me noticed and what got me jobs with so many amazing chefs and restaurants is my work ethic. Mm
0: -hmm. I
1: showed up early. I stayed late. I didn't complain. I learned as much as I could so I could help out in other areas of the kitchen or in other things that necessarily weren't mine. And that made me a valuable employee. Mm. And that's like my advice that I give anybody and everybody in life. I mean, people always ask me like, as a chef, like I'm starting out in a kitchen or going to culinary school, like what's advice. And it's just, that's the advice that I give. Just let you work, speak for yourself and suit up and show up because, you know, yeah, suit up and show up and,
0: There's still some mornings I still have to remind myself of that. (laughs) Sure, right? This is a never-ending journey. When you speak about that work ethic that afforded you all these opportunities, would you say that that was something you were born with, something that was instilled in you, something that you taught yourself? Where did that come from?
1: Oh, no. I was not taught it. I did not witness it from anyone in my family. I was not born with it. Funny, you know, living up, in sort of the Western world and and horses and and that community and those people and and ag, you know, you know, it's the hardest working people Mm -hmm. and the kindest, most loving people. And so I sort of learned it and saw it from those people that I grew up with on, on horseback and lived with and the ranchers and all those people. And I'm so grateful for that. And I think that's why I love, this world and this community because it's just a grit that I think there's a grit, there's a sort of respect and care and pride that I just think is kind of hard to find in any other groups or areas in the world, if you will. Mm -hmm. But I also was still a dumb teenager and I remember my first job, like I would show up late and was so just disrespectful and just like your typical 19 year old asshole
0: (laughs) Um, see, there was a first one.
1: I'm not an F, not, a, not an F bomb, but
0: another one. Waylon, you're um, welcome to be yourself here. Don't overthink it.
1: <laughs> and my boss had every reason to fire me and he sat me down and I think he just saw that I was just kind of lost and this was my first job and I needed guidance. And so instead of firing me, he sat me down and he lectured me and he gave me another chance and just let me know that being late was so much more than being late it was so much more than missing the first few phone calls of the morning or missing those first morning routines of opening the office or making the coffee or it was disrespect it was saying that my time was more valuable than somebody else's and i don't know why but that just hit me and it shifted my whole life and my whole work ethic And so like when I tell people I was the person that showed up early and stayed late, like that was not me always.
0: Mm.
1: Like I, I actually did win a tardiness award when I graduated high school. I didn't even know those existed. (laughs) They, I think they made it up just for me. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, it was, it was taught to me. It was learned. Sometimes it was slowly learned, but now I'm like that curmogeny old lady that's like you're late if you're like not ten minutes early.
0: I love that and i what I love is that that happened when you were nineteen and it has stuck with you and made such an impression on your life and I think I mean, what a gift that he gave you just to be able yes. to not write you off as just another dumb teenager, right like that one conversation, that second chance has changed your life in in such a big way. And I think that's so impactful. You know, I can imagine, I mean, I think it's just part of the human experience, but I imagine also being someone like yourself who has given yourself permission to experiment and explore and follow your joy and say no to things that no longer light you up. I I think that it's easy for us to imagine this life of young Wei Lynn and really have it romanticized, right? She lives in the jungle. She started a bakery. She has horses, but I'm sure that that journey has not come without its fair share of hardships and hard lessons learned. I know you shared that lesson you learned when you were 19, but are there any other like pivotal life moments when you're like, wow, that was a hard lesson learned, but thank goodness I learned it when I did. Gosh, so
1: many, like so many. (laughs) Where do I start? (laughs) I think honestly, the biggest lesson I learned, sorry, I'm speaking slowly because I'm getting a little emotional. I grew up in an alcoholic home, and it was wildly challenging for me. Mm -hmm. And it was not the greatest at times, (laughs) to say the least. And um, I think I saw that way of life, and I think I saw what drugs and alcohol did. And I very much, the sort of role I took in my family was... I was very much a loner. I isolated myself. I just sort of smiled, don't rock the boat, pretend that everything is okay. But I don't know what in me at a very, very young age saw this dysfunction and this disease of alcoholism and the heartache and the just devastation that brought with it that I was like, I will never be that I will not live this life. And I think that gave me a perseverance and a strength to keep going and push and strive for more and try all the things. And I think also because I didn't really have a lot of guidance or discipline or a parental figure growing up at all. It was just kind of like I was left to my own devices to figure it out. I just, like I didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. But I think that like looking back, I wouldn't change that for anything because it sort of forced me to have this spirit of like, all right, here we go. We're going to figure it out. We're going to try all the things. We're going to fail. We're going to learn. And we're just going to keep suiting up and showing up, man. And I think because the misery that I grew up in I'm like I I I am I'm going to live my dream. I'm going to make my dream. I'm going to work as hard as I can to have my dream because I know what it's like to be on the other side. Mm, that's
0: powerful stuff right there. I think that's what's so crazy about life is that when we look back at the hard things even if it's stuff we wouldn't wish on anybody else, we can still have so much gratitude for how it shaped us in a positive way and maybe that's not always a story for everyone but I just so respect and admire you, Aylin, for taking your hard things in stride and really finding so much strength through that. And I know just as a witness to you and your story, sharing that strength with other people, it's so powerful.
1: Thank you. I feel like what's the point in overcoming difficult things in life if we don't share that and give that back? And I, like I said, I know, you know, for me sort of being a lost and alone, wayward child. Whenever someone would share or I would hear stories about people's hardships, it gave me a sense of peace and hope to hear and know that other people had been through what I've been through or other people struggle. And I think it's so important to have those conversations and let people know that they're not alone and that there's hope and that they can overcome. And if I can share my strength with anybody, then... I'd go through the hard times a hundred times
0: over. Mm. Gosh, yeah. What a gift just to give someone, letting them know that they're not alone. Such a gift. I want to, you know, you talked about the variety of experiences that you've had in your life. And I'm thinking too back to when you decided to sell your bakery and, and you've shifted your career's a multitude of times in different directions. And I'm curious for you being someone who is so driven and motivated by following your joy and the things that interest you, how do you know or get clear and and grounded in your decision to shift? Like how do you how do you distill when it is time to pivot, when it is time to let something go?
1: Oof, that's a great question. <laughs> um it's sort of hard to put into words I think what I've learned from trying so many things over the years is that I know if I'm contemplating making a shift in life, whether it's moving to Utah or selling my bakery and leaving Costa Rica, there's a a fire, you know, I keep saying, if it doesn't set your soul on fire, there's a fire and a determination that gets lit up inside that it's not, it doesn't even seem like I have to work hard to make it happen because it's just, I want it Mm. that this fire just kind of gets ignited. And I get this determination and this energy to do it and go after it, that it almost surpasses any fears or doubts. And I just keep putting one foot in front of the other And I'm also a very huge proponent or I have a belief that if we're in line with what we should be doing with the universe or God's plan or however it makes you comfortable to say it, there's an ease to which it happens. I don't think, I don't, look, life is hard enough. Things are difficult for sure, but I think that there's an ease and that ease can be what I just said of being so excited about something that I'm just like running straight forward, that any hurdles or fears or difficulties, I just kind of fly over like no big deal. Mm. But yeah, it's just this, it's this fire. If I don't have, if I don't have the fire, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to make the shift. It's, It's not right. I'm going to wait for the moment and time when I have that fire. And I'm kind of going through something similar and have been for a while of shifting a little bit out of the chef world and getting into helping other women and coaching in these horsemanship retreats and sort of sharing the beauty of this lifestyle that I live and animals and sort of the Western lifestyle and ranching and tending to the land and animals what that's taught me and done for my life Mm -hmm. as a human, as a mother and sharing that with people. And it's been a slow grow and I've had to, even though I'm so excited about it, I've had to be patient and wait for the right opportunities and ideas to manifest that light that fire in me. So sometimes I have to sit on my hands a little bit Mm -hmm. and say, this is the dream, but it's not right now. I'm not giving up on it. It's coming. I just have to allow it to happen
0: sometimes. Mm. Patience is sometimes so freaking hard, especially when we see the vision so clearly. But I love that. Just trust and it's happened on time. I think that just made the name of the podcast, uh, Waylon, Following Your Fire. I feel like that is the theme that I am pulling away from you. And I think it's so freaking powerful. And that kind of leads me into, you've already um, alluded to a little bit, but I want to know What's next for Waylon? Where are you finding your place? I know you've you've kind of come back to that Western lifestyle world that you grew up in. Where do you see your place here in the Western industry and your place in the world? What's next for you? Oh, that's such a good question.
1: I really do think it is this venture that I'm slowly building with my best friend. And we have a business, that's called Grace Grow. And we do and host women's retreats. And it's based around horsemanship, not so much learning how to ride and things like that. It's more through connection and authenticity. It's more connecting with yourself through the eyes of the horse Mm. and connecting with other women and creating a community and sharing our strength and teaching that. And, you know, horses have been a constant in my life. And like I mentioned, my challenging upbringing. If it weren't for horses, I would not be here. Mm. I was a very depressed, suicidal young girl, and horses saved me. And I hear more and more stories of that the same. And I know my choice to leave my TV career and my fancy chef career in LA and give it all up to move out to Utah and have horses back in my life I mean, you want to talk about a leap of faith and a gamble <laughs> and following my heart and following that fire. It brought me so much peace and happiness and joy and contentment in my life that I didn't have before. And so I want to share that with people. And I think for me as a chef, I almost find it, it's a self-inflicted responsibility, but for whatever reason, I have this responsibility to... Share to the masses more about food and that there's more to food than just going out to a nice fancy restaurant where I used to work and having an exquisite meal. It's, it's where that food comes from. It's, it's connecting people to the heart and the source, the farmers, the ranchers. It's spreading truth. There's so much misinformation and lies. And that community and that world also saved me as well as horses, those people. And so I really want to bring people back to that. I think that's the next phase of my chef journey is not so much cooking for people anymore, but I don't know, helping spread the truth and being an an advocate as a celebrity chef and having a teeny tiny little platform is to be a voice, you know, for, for
0: those people. You are tugging right on my heart, heartstrings, Waylon. Gosh, you're going to make me emotional. I love that. And it's so beautiful. And I, I can't wait to to see how that continues to expand and unfold for you and just the people that you're going to serve in the process. I I know that you are a mama to a sweet little boy. And when you think about the future, what is your hope for your son?
1: Oh, my hope for my son is that she's so <laughs> That there's still some integrity and purity in this world for him (laughs) to grow up in.
0: Sure.
1: No, you know, my hope for him really truly is, is that I can, is that he will have grown up with confidence and love and a set of tools and a way of thinking to cope and to go out in the world and to do good and to be kind and to follow his heart and to live his life by the same mentality of follow your fire. Mm, So good. So good. Whatever that is for him. I don't want to put my stuff on him. Of course Mm -hmm. I would love for him to love horses and all of that. And, but you know, he has his own path and it's just my job to raise a secure, happy, productive member of society and a, and a kind human being. And you know, the journey of motherhood is As well, how I've done everything in my life, not traditional and crazy. You know, I adopted my son from birth two years ago as a single woman at 41. And it's been a wild ride. It's been a really, really wild ride. And I'm probably one of the hardest working, strongest people most will meet. But I will tell you, being a single mom and managing a full time job and horses and animals and property it has brought me to my knees. Mm-hmm. And um, it's in a beautiful way, it's kind of shattered and broken me. And it's allowing me to rebuild in a different way. Because I think as once anyone becomes a mom, you just view the world in a different light. And so I'm kind of rebuilding and reprioritizing. And it's scary and it's unknown and it's exciting and beautiful and kind of just all the things.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that perspective. I love that perspective so much. I ask everyone on the show, the show is called Climbing and it's a metaphor for how we climb the mountains of life with lots of highs and lots of low lows. And I'm curious right now, Waylon, in your life or your career, what is the mountain that you feel like you're currently climbing?
1: The one I just spoke of, of the sort of single mom Journey and finding that balance and navigating it all. I've been self employed and my own boss for a very, very long time. And before having a child, I had the freedom to hustle and do whatever it took. And now, as a single mom with no family or no real support, it is wildly challenging to hustle. (laughs) And Keep all the pieces afloat, just career and life and balance-wise, and joy and motherhood and and all of it. And that's that is the mountain that I am climbing, and it is hard. And sometimes, I, one of my favorite things always through my life, whatever mountain, you know, we all have mountains, and the mountains never stop. It's mm-hmm. you know, it's a never-ending journey. Is sometimes the best I can do is to just literally like put one foot in front of the next. Amen to that. And just keep
0: going. You know, I can attest to Waylon, you are without a doubt one of the strongest, most badass people that I know. And <laughs> i I am not a mother yet, but I can imagine how hard that is. But I know that you'll take it with grace and it's just been so fun to be able to watch you and see you continue to follow your fire and to do so as a mom. I just feel like that little boy is so dang lucky. And I know that you I'm sure feel so dang lucky to be his mama.
1: I do. I do. I do. It's uh, I know everyone always says with the adoption journey, like what a great thing I'm doing. And I don't see it as that. He gave me the greatest gift I could ever imagine in life and the gift of being a mom. And you know, we're just doing it and he's just this happy, wonderful little thing and figuring it out as we go. And I'm figuring it out as I go. (laughs) and it is it's it's incredible. It's incredible. It's hard. It's beautiful. It's um
0: it's like anything in life. It's it's an adventure. Mhm. Mm, I love it. You know, Elan, I know that I could probably talk to you on here for hours and hours, but I know that our listeners are going to want more of you. So, what would you like to share with them? Where can they connect with you? Where can they follow along the journey, all the things.
1: Really Instagram, like you said. <laughs> This is my main platform. My Instagram is, it's just my name, Waylon Lucas. And as well through there, I also we have the grit grace grow as well on Instagram. And that's, I just, I, I am, I'm sharing my life and my journey there and work. I'm pretty good about sharing the the blooper reel of my life and work life and upcoming things. And so, yeah, that would be the best place to follow along.
0: Perfect. And I'll also make sure to link your book as well in case people want to get a little more Waylon Lucas that way as well. All those are going to be linked down below in the show notes. Waylon, thank you just so much from the bottom of my heart for sharing your story and sharing your heart and sharing your wisdom. You are such a light in the world. And I think it's because you follow that big, beautiful fire that you exude. And I am so, so grateful to know you.
1: Thank you so very much. So grateful to know you. What an honor to Be here and spend this time and chat and talk with you and be on your podcast. Thank you.
0: And thank you, sweet listeners, for tuning in to another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. We'll see you right back here, same time, same place next week. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please hit subscribe and leave me a review sharing what you loved most. Come hang out with me on Instagram and Facebook to keep the conversation going as we continue to find joy in the journey. Until next time, I am cheering for you, friend. Keep climbing and we'll chat soon.